We are back in Harper for yet another edition of the Standard Sports Talk podcast. Uh, we've been making a weekly thing out here in Harper, coming and talking to head football coach Chad Zinner. And uh, we had a had an off week last week. I didn't bother you this past week. Yeah, I bothered yeah. your kids. Yeah, you did. It was good. Great article in the paper, by the way. Yeah, I got to, we got to chat with those seniors and just talk about that group of kids that have kind of been through the ringer a little bit as far as high school football goes, a bunch of two-win seasons, and they're finally getting to enjoy some success. I, I really enjoyed getting to kind of tell their story and feature some of those kids. And uh, you got some talkative ones and some not-so-talkative ones. We just kind of threw them all in a yep. room and yep. threw some questions at them. But, Coach, how was the bye week for the Longhorns? Uh, it was good. Um, we uh, we gave them off Monday, and we had practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then um, Friday was supposed to be our PTO our community walkathon here at the track and um, we got two and a half inches of rain so the walkathon got canceled and got pushed to monday um so yeah friday friday was going to be off either way whether we gave it to him whether it was pto so pto walkathon got canceled and um we had a normal day of school um and uh, we got a, a extra lift in during the athletic period and then after school we gave him off um i know uh uh, the Shiner Wall game was in Fredericksburg. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually watched it on TV. I just, I Googled it or I did something, see if I could find it and get lucky. And I found it on YouTube. And I didn't know you could do that. You can find broadcasts everywhere yeah. nowadays. And so uh, um, I had it on my phone and I casted it up to my flat screen TV up, up, up above the fireplace. And I got to watch Shiner Wall, you know, obviously a team we played last year. Um, but no, some of our kids, you know, we're so close to Fredericksburg. Some of our kids went and watched the game and. Um, you know, it's it's a Friday night without football. I guess they want to go watch more football, and I I was no different. But um, uh, the bye week's good. Um, we're for the most part uh, healthy, as healthy as I can imagine going into to district play. Um, and the practices we did have were shorter, and I could spend more time with with my wife and kids. And um, um, yeah, I, I can't believe we're here. We're through preseason, and uh, we're proud of what we've done. But it, it honestly doesn't matter. That that's over. And it's a zero-zero race we're in right now with the rest of the teams in the district. And um, you know, people have their predictions and what they think, but um, you don't you don't win and lose games on paper. You got to play them, and and we got to see how this thing uh, shakes out. But but we're excited to get to get bye week behind us and move forward. You mentioned that pre-district schedule, and uh, obviously, I remember talking to you before the season, and you mentioned what your dad had told you: or you could mm-hmm. win yeah. them all, you could yeah. lose them all. You guys won them all. That has mm-hmm. to feel that has to feel nice. Five and zero in the pre-district yep. slate, something that hasn't been done here in a while. And uh, when you look at the preseason record aside, do you feel like you got everything out of it that you, you had wanted to for your team? Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I, the, the, you know, for people listening, I joked about. I said, "Hey, Dad, I, we could we could win all five and he said, well, yeah, you can lose all five. I've said that a million times. It's so true. And so that, that DeHanis game going in, you know, we snuck out a 14-7 win. And kids are kids. And you think you can fix them the way you want to. But the, the, these today's kids are weird animals. And, <laughs> and I just kept thinking, if we can get the first one and then two, and then can you get it going? Because if you lose and then, oh, here we go. We're just going to repeat what we did last year, and then all all these doubts that are in the back of these kids' heads are going to start to to, to seep out because they they try to listen to the good, they try to focus. It's going to be different, and and if you can't get their attention with the win, we're all human, and that's just how you think. And so we won one. The buy-in was high. 
the community, the parents, everything's good. We win two, we win three, and it's just kind of growing. Um, I think it's grown enough to when we hit our first roadblock, we've had enough success to still think we're a great football team and good things are happening and not go, oh, here we go, that, that's it, we lost, it's over. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with, with preseason um, or pre-district, if you will. Um, uh, I honestly don't think our opponents have – have been anything near what we're going to see in district, and, and that's okay. Um, wins are wins. Uh, my, my dad was telling my mom the other weekend, he said, I don't care what sports you're playing, uh, at what level you're playing, 5-0 is 5-0, and and wins aren't easy to come by. Um, whether it's injuries, turnovers, just crazy things happening, um, we put together five in a row, and so we've got to see what our kids can do, um, what we do well, what we don't do well, um, in our schemes on both sides of the ball, uh, us as coaches have to learn from our mistakes, learn from our play calls, um, just really week to week kind of assessing who we are and what we are. And, and, and the goal moving on to district play is we have to tap into that. We have to watch film and pick what, what do we do good. And, and um, now is when it matters. Now when every, every down – Every every defensive call we make, it all has to be as perfect as we can um, to get a W. Because now they now they start matter. Now we're starting to grade papers. Now, mm-hmm. now this this all matters. So, um, but I think we're in a good spot heading into district, and um, our, our kids are excited for Bracketville. Well, I think you've proven that you can beat top quality teams. I mean, Dennis is a a really good Division two football team. They've gone on to go, I think, three and two, and. Uh, and Rock Springs is always tough, so I think you've definitely shown that you mm-hmm. can compete with top teams, and you got some top teams coming up. I mean, just look into the first two weeks, Bracket this week, and then big old Mason next week here in Harper. Uh, but starting with Bracket, I personally haven't got to look at them a ton, but I know they're a 2-3 and three football team, a team y'all beat last year. Uh, when you look at the Bracket Tigers, what do you see? Um, first of all, they're, they're two different teams, and, and, and Coach Griffin at, at Bracketville is maybe – Maybe one of my favorite coaches since I've been doing this. He is a cool, cool guy, down to earth. He's a funny guy. He's honest. Uh, Gary Griffin. He's a he's a wonderful human being, and he knows it, and I know it. You're going to get two teams. You're going to get the bracket village you play at home, and you're going to get the one that you play away. And I say it about every South Texas team we play, but there's something different about the way we match up with bracket in this district geographically with how far they are from us. They're so, so far from us, but you take a Mason, they're even further because, you know, Mason's, you know, north of us. Um, and so, yeah, th- those kids, when they play on the road, they have to travel a long, long way. And and whether they don't play as good, they don't execute as well, they're not as fired up, that's just being honest, I don't know. But when you play them at their place and they have the concession stand rolling and it smells like hamburgers and and, su- and such, when you when you get to their place – um, they love playing in front of their home crowd. So it's not much different than I talked about a, a Dehanus or a Sabinal or anywhere down there. But um, they know that we have a long, long trip and they get to play it there at their place. And so, um, yeah, I think we're the better football team. I don't think there's any need to hide that. Um, but again, you're in their place. And I've been a part of games with bad officiating and blown calls and crazy and you just got to overcome it uh they're uh very very similar to us as far as the schemes they run 
Um, I would say our I would say our offense is a little more multiple, and we run more tight in and more two back and, and such than they do. But they're a spread football team, um, and then they're the three they're a three three stack on defense. They base out of a three three stack cover three or run a lot of man too. But um, we're a three three stack cover three. What we base out of and. Um, I've I've been the defensive coordinator here for two years in my in my past years, and I ran the three three stack. And I guess the reason why I ran it is because I hate going against it. Um, they play a nose with a mic stacked over the top, and they play fours with Sam and Will stacked over the top. And it's a kind of a goofy defense. It's kind of gaining popularity in Division One football. Um, you see that p- people might call it a three five three or whatever, but. Um, it's three down linemen. You have m- multiple people in coverage. And the way the linebacker play works is there's just kind of more people in that intermediate space. Um, and believe it or not, the D1s are are kind of getting more into that. But 2A football, you get a lot of down block, a lot of angle block, a lot of power schemes. Um, people play gaps. And then when you play a 3-3 stack, it kind of, kind of changes all that. And you got to be creative on how – you're going to run the ball. Of course, I'm talking about running. Now, we can throw it against anything, but I'm an O-line guy, and I, the first thing I do when I turn on a film is what do they do uh, defensively and how can what what can we run against them? What do our blocking schemes look like? What do we have to adapt or change in our rules to run the football? And it's a 3-3 stack. It's goofy. I hate doing it. And so we've got three little wrinkles for this week that, that we're going to have to execute against that stack to make, make sure we can run the football. Because if we lean on our old rules, um, it, it won't work. We got to make sure that we know how to block it. So, uh, yeah, Brackettville, um, it's going to be a long one. Where it's down south, um, we can also talk about uh, near the border, near near Del Rio, and and what's going on with the border crisis. And people in my community are concerned. And so, what we've decided to do is um, band, cheer, and football. We're all leaving together with with our security, and we're all going to stop together at Lakey. Uh, one stop, use the restroom, get something to drink, and get back on the road. Uh, if anything would bad happen, we're all together, and we have people that are – we have our security, our, our, our campus police that will go with us um, down there because it, it's it's a kind of a crazy thing. Yeah, it's a scary time um, just in general. And, and for those people listening also, uh, Coach Griffin said, he said, your people are going to be okay. So I want to tell them something. Though. They're going to be okay. There's over 2,000 sheriffs stationed in Kinney County right now. And he said, tell your people do not go one mile over the speed limit because you will get pulled over. Um, and <laughs> that's that a good – Gillespie County, you're warned. <laughs> yeah. You're going, if you're going to the bracket game. Yeah. Um, so I don't, know how many, I don't know how many people will even go. I, my, my wife's not going. Um, that's a far trip. Two reasons. Yes, it's a little bit about the border uh, situation. But um, I have a one-year-old, and that, that's a long trip and a long night for, for her with three kids. Um, obviously, I have a second grader. Um, a kindergartner and a, and a one-year-old, so um, she's not even going to go there. I know there's safety concerns, so it's it's really this week kind of a kind of a work mentality. Like we got to we're going to get on a bus, we're in a convoy down there as a, as a as a little community with band, cheer, and football, and we're going to get on the field. We're hopefully get a W, and, and we're going to come back home and hope hopefully that um, all parties stay safe. Well, let's let's talk about that mentality when you're going into a game. And I love talking and this type of stuff with coaches and and even players, to, if we could get their point of view. But as a former player, maybe you can touch on this. But when you go into a game like that, where you know that the fan support is not going to be as raucous and loud as y'all become accustomed to. I mean, even to Hennis, y'all had a pretty mm-hmm. good crowd at that mm-hmm. game. 
when you know you're pretty much just going to have to lean on a couple parents and the band. You may not be able to draw that energy like you usually do. Where do you find that energy from? Um, the, the, the energy from the kids has to come from us. And um, I'm not going to say it's easy, but I, I think now my coaching staff, we all, we've all been in the business long enough to know that you have to motivate kids and you have to know how to motivate kids. And, and that starts with relationships. you got to know how each kid functions and, and which buttons to push. Um, but as far as the game and the scheme, I almost like it better. I don't like it for the kids because they, they like to get juiced and amped up and all these people. But, but for me, it, there's, it's, whether it's a chip on your shoulder, you know you're going somewhere. Uh, maybe the facilities aren't as good, meaning because you're in some visiting locker room that the junior high uses or some off-season uses and you probably won't have air conditioning and we pack our own water and you just you're not really catered to like you feel like you're at home and I kind of like that Mm -hmm. I kind of like that feeling of hey we're going there we're not going to get treated well um and we're going to have to adapt and overcome and it, it gets down to just football we don't care who's watching I don't care how loud the band is or the cheerleaders are we have to go out there and do what we do and so as a coaching staff all that extra noise that the kids might like um, are kind of sometimes distractions for coaches. Um, so, because w- what we do on Friday night, we do every day. Mm-hmm. It's not some big production that we're doing anything new. We do it every day with the same kids, with no crowd, with no band, with no cheerleaders. Um, and so football is just what we do. And when you kind of eliminate some of those factors, I think as a coaching staff, it, it becomes easier on us. But again, like you said, the, the kids and the band and all that it's some of them it affects and um i I, i'm excited to go down there uh home games yes you got all your things going on that that make you comfortable at your own place um but sometimes being comfortable can bite you in the butt um you know i have a screensaver on my my phone right now It, it said um pressure is a privilege it means things are expected of you and so um you hear always talk, your Nick Saban talk about rat poison, about all the pats on the back, and and he's got to stay hard on his Alabama Crimson Tide. And um, we're no different. We're we're expected to win this football game. We have been five and zero. There's bigger games down the road, but we can't keep buying into all the the good energy. It's good. I love it. My kids love it. My family loves it. But um, we have a lot to prove yet. And and going down to Brackettville in that environment. Um, our kids will have to overcome it. And like I just started this conversation, it's my job and our coaches' jobs to motivate and kind of fill in for those holes, if you will, traveling that far down south near the border. It's our job to get the most out of them and motivate them, and I think we'll be okay. I think that'll be fun to watch, and it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out. I'm going to throw you an alley-oop here. You're, you're an offensive line guy. You're a run-the-ball guy. Uh, when I talked to your seniors last week, I talked to Cole Clark, mm-hmm. and he said something interesting about um, playing under a former lineman. I don't know if you saw his quotes, but he spoke highly of getting to play for yep. a former lineman, and and I think it shows on the field. I mean, uh, you mentioned it early. We've talked about it a couple times this season that um, senior quarterback Braden Strickland, there's a re- his name is up here on the board for a passing record last year because he yep. had to throw the ball so much yep. a year ago, and this year. Y'all are winning the trenches week in and week out, and the running game has become a strength. I know coming into the year, I think you knew Zane Schubert was going to be a solid back, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, sophomore Jack Helfrich has really emerged. And uh, when you look at that running game and how it has developed, 
how it's become a legit strength and, and, and weapon of y'all's. You know, what do you think has made it click so much, uh, both up front and in the running game? Um, you know, I, I would be lying to say that I haven't gotten better. Um, I, you know, I think some coaches just think that, well, I'm a good coach. This is the way I've been. I've always been. No, I mean, I'm getting better. I'm growing. I'm learning more. It's still the same schemes that I have um, run in the past that I learned in high school and college and as an assistant here. Um, but you start to learn more about personnel and who plays where, what body type, his height, his weight, his speed. How does he pass set? You know, and if he's good at this and weak at this, was he a guard? Is he a tackle? Then who's our center? Um, you know, who pulls the best on our, our fog and counter plays? And, and so I think it starts with just being here so long with the kids that I've seen and watched them grow up in the offseason, in the weight room, watching them run. Um, and, and I think we started the year off kind of with a, a good personnel group. We kind of rotated two, and we kind of found five that, that are intelligent and that are executing. Um, so I think I've learned a little bit more about that part of it. Um, and then the scheme part, I mean, if I'm if, if we can't get better each year in our profession or any profession, um, I mean, that's that's not good. I don't know what the point is of to not improve. And so, yeah, I've just found different ways to teach it. Um, kids are changing um, the way they absorb information, whether they're auditory, visual, um, whether it's huddle, whether it's using a whiteboard. Um, where, whether you're walking through it, whatever it may be, um, we, we have gotten done a better job at teaching it. Um, it's funny. It kind of struck me. I, I mean, I was pretty proud of it. Um, we had a situation at practice the other day. Uh, we got to, got there and we were going through pre-practice and a, a kid dislocated his finger. Um, and he's fine. He's back. And so I was the first one on it and I jumped in the gator and drove him back down here and got him dressed and, he got it set back that day, and he's he's fine. He's back, but um, I I had to leave practice and and junior high practice is going on, so we only have four varsity coaches that are up there. And um, I come back from helping this kid with his dislocated finger, and my offensive linemen are going through their board drills on their own, led by Ricky Hart, Ricky Harper. He's you know the snap count. He's doing it. There's five boards. They work on their steps, their pulls, their pass sets, and I got back up there and I was blown away. I parked the gator and just stood by the gator, and I watched for about five minutes. I'm thinking, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That, that is that's special. Yeah, yeah, it is special. Yeah, I mean, right away, some of you know, the coach would joke, see, coach, they don't even need you. <laughs> well, <laughs> the idea is I taught them that, and they believe in it. Yeah. And they wouldn't be doing that if they didn't believe in what we're doing because those drills are boring. They're working on the stance and that first getting that first foot in the ground, stuff that they do from Little League all the way up to – to NFL football and I sat there and going holy moly they're doing the drill they know when to do it how to do it it's led by a senior this is pretty cool stuff um so yeah I mean there's a lot that goes into the running game our, our, our two running backs have done a great job um and again back to me saying kids are humans and they're weird animals they had success early and they had it again and again and again so you get you get them to practice better they, they come off the ball better in practice and games and and they've, they've built confidence. Um, I think I looked at our stats the other day. I think we're a 60% run, 40% pass is kind of where it's sh- shaking out to be, and that's good. Um, play action passes better. Um, everything you do with your motion and how you figure out how your linebackers are reading, 
Um, everything's better when you can run the football. Uh, if they figure out that you can't and they can maybe defend you with five people in the box, they can max protect, they can bring the heat, and now you're getting blitzed and now you're looking for answers and you can't really keep them off you instead of head of the chains because you can't run it. So, yeah, Cole, Cole Henry Clark and, and Ricky Harper, our two seniors up there, have done a phenomenal job, and I hope it's something we can continue. Um, this year, it's all about this year, but moving forward year after year, I hope that, you know, they can kind of leave that legacy of, of good offensive linemen, and we just got to replace the ones we lose each year and, and get back to running the football the, the, the way I would like to because last year was different having to throw it that much. Really wasn't who I was. I'm sure Braden enjoyed it, though. <laughs> he did. He, they, there's still <laughs> conversations about that as, come on, coach, call this, call this, call this, because if it was up to him, we'd throw it every, every down. But <laughs> I told him, we can be better this way because now the the passing game can be an explosive game changer, kind of hit you in the mouth with a big pass because we can run the ball so well. Um, and, and he gets it. He, he's enjoying 5-0 and 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 yards and all that stuff don't really matter when we're winning games. So, um, But, yeah, running game has been much improved. It has, and it's going to be fun to watch Friday night. And uh, kind of wrap it up, if you were to watch, let's say you're watching Harper Longhorn Bracket Tigers broadcast and you had to give your keys to the game for the Longhorns to win the game, what would they be and why? Um, you know, obviously overcoming adversity first, um, you know, staring adversity in the face and, and getting over the long trip. And, and I'll talk to the kids about it, um, you know, leaving all the negative comments away. Um, just like when it's hot during two days, guys, don't talk about it. We all know it's hot. Mm -hmm. It's hot here. It's hot everywhere. Why even complain that it's hot? We know it. Get over it. So the same thing's going to be like, just I don't want to. Glad y'all practice on yeah. grass. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I don't want to hear anything about the long trip. I don't want to hear anything about how bad their locker room is. I don't. I don't want to hear anything about the bad officials, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that, that's a lot to say. I would say your number one would be overcoming adversity. It's going to happen. It's going to strike um, from officials, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, if, if we manage that, the other big one is probably the cheesiest thing to say in the game of football, but it's so true, is turnovers. Um, not so much, you know, thinking we have to create that many because I think we'll play good enough defense to win, but it's we, we got to take care of the football and we have to convert when we have it. We can't. We can't get into a fumble rooski game, and I've been in games in the past where you fumble one or two on a kick return, which is crazy. Now they get the ball on that side of the 50, then you get it back, and you you know, next thing you know, if you give them, you can give them two or three scores on maybe 80 yards of offense, and 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 I've been a part of those games where we had more yards than a team and lost, and it's the turnovers, and um, you know, I, I know very cheesy to say turnovers, but the two things I would say uh, uh, deals to this game would be, number one, overcoming adversity in that environment and that location and that travel. And uh, number two, the turnover margin. If Even if they're equal, um, I think we can win the ball game. But if if they're plus three, or, et cetera, in the, in the turnover game, it's, it's going to be a dogfight and that adversity and all those other things, the band, all, all, that, other, all that other stuff kind of um, – it snowballs on you. And, I, and I'll, I'll leave it with this. Mason, who's next? We're not going to talk about Mason till it's Mason, but we know how good they are and how good they've been. Two years ago, <clears throat> maybe three, uh, Coach Griffin was still there. Um, and Mason, top five team in the state, they go down to Brackettville. Brackettville had a great quarterback. He actually walked on to Texas A&M. Uh, what was his name? 
Logan Fish, I think it was his name. And, and Brackett had a great senior group. Um, obviously, Mason still very, very heavily favored in that game. But Mason had to go to Brackettville. And this is kind of why it's all in my head and my memory. Mason goes to Brackettville. Um, the game ended up, I think, got to get my numbers right. The time, whatever, the time was, there was one, there was, there was time on the clock for one play. Let's say it was five, six seconds, whatever. Um, but Mason was down five. So it might have been 29-24. It was something like that. 29-24. Um, Mason's about the 50, maybe the 45-yard line each way. I can't remember because I have it on film. And um, they just get in doubles, Mason, who doesn't run spread that often, and they run four verts. Just hunk it up in the air to the end zone, last play of the game, and Mason comes down with it and beats Brackettville on the last play of the game in Brackettville. And and I know Coach McLeod and Coach Burns over Mason so well, and and they they wouldn't hate me for saying this either. I felt so bad for Griffin at Brackettville. We all did. Being able to see a a team like that upset him at home would have been a heck of a deal. And he was so close to doing it, and then Mason basically storms the field and walks it off and wins. But um, it can't happen, and that was a top-five football team that almost walked into Brackettville and, and got beat. Uh, um, Brackettville played perfect. They were on point. I think they f forced Mason into maybe three to four turnovers, um, and it fell apart. Did the better team win? Yes, but the better team almost lost. And, and so I know that going into this one, and uh, the adversity is tough, and we can't turn it over. But, um, yeah, those two things we take care of, um, I, I think we'll be okay. Well, here's the hoping that y'all come home with your yes, first sir, district win. So. But Friday Wanna night know. in bracket, 7.30 p.m., Longhorns Tigers. Coach, best of luck. Yes, sir. Thank you, Reed. Thank everybody for tuning in. We'll be back next week, hopefully talking about how we're going to build off a win going into Mason. Thanks, Coach.